Good evening and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On today's episode, we will be talking about some of Winnipeg's recent contract extensions and what they may mean for these players, and we'll also continue our goal scoring review, which if you haven't seen our earlier episodes where we talked about some of my favorite goal scores in both hockey and football, then be sure to scroll back and give them a listen. Before then, though, let's talk about some Winnipeg Jets news, because we actually have some after quite a few weeks of relative quiet on the uh, the Jets front. I mean, they haven't made too many moves. They, of course, had a few free agency signings, but nothing too exciting. Mostly business as usual as far as this team is concerned, which does slightly concern me, but I'm sure we'll see a little bit more movement as we start to approach the start of the next season. That said, the Jets have actually made a couple of contract extensions over the past couple of days. They have signed both Sami Niku and Janssen Harkins to two years for 725000 per season. For varying reasons, both of these deals are great. I feel like you get plenty of value for two seasons, and you get to see how much of a contributor these two players can be. I feel like Harkins, of course, is going to be the natural guy to be the favorite to make a difference in this lineup. Harkins kind of came a little bit out of obscurity for the Jets because when he was drafted, he was decently highly touted as a pretty good middle six, potentially top six prospect. But of course, over the past couple of seasons, the Jets have continued to draft well and have quite a few young players who have performed at a level well above what Harkins was doing. That's not to say Janssen had been playing poorly. In fact, you know, last season, I believe it was when he was playing with the Moose, he had huge numbers and we started to see a lot more potential out of him, especially playing in an elevated role for the Moose. And then of course, he earned his call up he scored a postseason goal and was generally a pretty reliable forward even if his underlying numbers haven't quite matched up to the techniques we've seen on the ice all signs point to Harkins being a pretty good NHL regular down the road and I feel like we're already seeing some early returns that suggest yeah he's going to be a really nice middle six forward who can contribute offensively he's got very good vision and passing which I don't know that I expected as much he's also got a really high motor and uh, certainly a really strong work ethic this is the kind of player that I think Maurice would love because because he's both very skilled and a very hard worker, and these are things that always really appeal to Maurice. Now, Maurice often likes players who aren't skilled as well, but if they have that motor and that engine to try constantly, I think that he will tend to reward those players more than some of the other guys. Harkins, then, is a blessing because he's the kind of player that I'm happy to see get an elevated role with this team. I certainly wouldn't mind seeing if he's capable of getting top six minutes. I feel like the Jets could use somebody with his particular forechecking skill as well as just general puck handling skills and he is a much better option especially in terms of uh, a bottom six winger who can be on your third line more than some of the other guys the Jets have signed in the past. A two-year deal that is rock bottom and price tag is a perfect depth signing. I think Winnipeg can be thrilled with the value that they're going to get out of this contract. And hopefully Harkins continues to continue on his upward trajectory. I think that he has plenty of upside. I think that we've started to see signs that he might be a reliable second-line winger. And someday I wouldn't mind seeing if he can play center again. He used to be a center when he was in junior, I think, but I, I believe he's been playing mostly as a winger at the pro level although I do know that he was playing a little bit of center for the Moose, if I recall correctly. That said, if you get a really good play-driving winger on your third or second line at just two years for for around league minimum, I think that you're probably just chilling. Harkins earned his way into the lineup, and I think that he will continue to reward that faith with better performances down the road. The other player signing an extension, Sami Niku, for two years at 725000 as well, is a little bit more of an unknown. 
I think Niku has had a lot of time breaking into this lineup, and certainly while he was a top performer at the AHL level, he has yet to get a look in the NHL that suggests, you know, that Maurice is going to rely on him and that, you know, he's going to have the kind of on-ice impacts that we were hoping. What I see in Niku is somebody who can be a really skilled puck mover and somebody who could also quarterback a power play. He's got really good edge work. I think that his vision and passing can be strong. He's got a nice shot, and his offensive instincts are all there. The part of his game that, of course, is is a little bit lacking right now is on the defensive side of things, and he's sort of at the age where I don't know how much more he's going to improve. He didn't really get enough of a look when Bufflin was still around, and Bufflin would have been the perfect pairing partner for him because Bufflin could be assertive on the puck. This would give Nico a lot more time and space to make decisions and acclimate to the NHL level where, certainly, time and space is at a premium in comparison to some of the other leagues Nico has come from. So, this season and next season are going to be critical for his career. I thought that he was probably going to get traded, but if he is in fact still around, maybe the Jets just couldn't find a partner and they feel like, rather than letting him go, this might be an ideal time to see if he can actually make the lineup. I will say that my expectations for Niku's upcoming seasons are probably on the limited end. I was always a big defender of him for many seasons, but of course he just didn't really get the environment where I feel like he would thrive. I do hope that he makes this lineup and becomes a regular because he brings quite a few skill sets that the Jets just don't have. Winnipeg is mostly going to be icing a very young defensive core next season, and a lot of those guys are probably going to have a little bit of a struggle getting used to the NHL level and dealing with the pressures that come with playing in the league this high. When you think about it, not many kids are built like Vili Heinola, and yet Heinola probably himself will have some moments where he's overwhelmed. So I think a guy like Niku, who does have, I guess you could call, veteran pro experience, would be invaluable for this organization. And certainly he has familiarity with the Jets, he knows the Moose system, he's played in both. I just want to see him get a chance to really cut loose and do what he does best. I think that Winnipeg's power play right now, especially with Pionk quarterbacking, isn't really as effective as it should be. If you bring in Niku, I think Niku would actually be that passing distributor at the end who can really get your offense in the zone going. I, I think that that's something where the pass to line it hasn't always been there, especially with Pionk's passing, just not really being up to snuff. But in that role, I think Sami Niku would thrive. As far as this contract is concerned, again, it's going to be great value no matter what. Even if he only plays with the Moose and just plays a couple of games with the Jets, you really can't complain for another league minimum deal for two seasons. Especially with somebody who has such a, a high ceiling, I think Niku has the potential to be a really good third pairing or even potentially fringe second pairing D if he actually gets a chance to start putting two and two together. I don't think it's a likely scenario, I have to admit, but if it does work out and he in fact gets a run out with this team and actually takes it and runs with it, I'd be thrilled to see what he accomplishes. The Jets have always favored big physical, slower defenders, and I feel like, generally speaking, that's not really worked out for them. Niku is definitely new age, and I hope the best for him because he seems like a nice kid, he seems like he's got that flow going again, and the Jets could seriously use his presence on the back end. Now that we've covered Winnipeg's updates and news, we'll continue our goal scorer reviews in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should hear about rockauto.com. When it comes to buying car parts, it can be hard to know when you're getting a good deal, when you're getting the right parts, or where you should even look for them. If you need a safe, convenient, one-stop shop for all the auto parts you'll ever need, head on over to rockauto.com. The fine folks at rockauto.com have over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their intuitive and easy-to-use website allows you to filter by make, year, and model of your vehicle and set a price range on the parts so you get exactly what you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement for the one you dropped that greasy taco on, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. 
RockAuto.com has no membership fees, and everyone gets the same great deals. You could save anywhere from 20 to 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. Why shop at a retail store when you can get exactly what you need at the best prices possible? When you place an order at RockAuto.com, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. Earlier, we updated you on the Winnipeg Jets news, including the signings of Jansen Harkins and Sami Niku. We now return to the world of hockey with a discussion on my favorite topic, and that is scoring goals. But of course, everyone scores goals. Who does it best? I've covered a number of different goal scorers in previous episodes, including guys like Patrick Laine and Alexander Ovechkin, but there are some more underappreciated players who maybe have a nasty little scoring streak that goes a bit under the radar, and I think that that is something that I've always associated with a guy like Brad Marchand. Brad is the player everyone loves to hate because he is a bit of a pest. I think the way that Brad plays has always been borderline. He likes to go on the edge. He's not afraid to dish out a hit or two, and some of them have been pretty questionable, to put it lightly. And he does not mind getting up close and personal with opposing skaters. But I think a lot of this pesty, physical nature sort of masks what his true genius is, and that's getting into spaces that very few other players can. I think the way that Marchand thinks about the ice is that he uses his pesty physical nature to get into those tight, greasy spots, create chaos in front of the net, and capitalize on those opportunities. I think his vision and his spatial awareness are all top-notch. When playing with a guy like Bergeron, he understands where he needs to be at all times so he can capitalize on perfect cross-seam passes. Marchand's release is actually pretty strong, too. He can get it off very quickly, it's very accurate, and when combined with his elite positioning and pretty strong edge work, I think it makes Marchand one of the most versatile offensive threats in the league. Love him or hate him, I don't know that there are many people who play Marchand's style and do it as well as he does. I think that he is like a singular kind of player in a lot of ways because he's always had to be a little bit different in the way that he approaches the game with his stature, aging a little bit, and then certainly just the evolution of his reputation as somebody who is not afraid to mix it up with other guys. This persona that he's taken on wasn't something that he always had, but once he got it, I think that it tended to help him exploit space in ways that he wasn't anticipating. And it's not just opening up space for him, it also allows him to create space for others. When people are sort of watching and marking Marchand or taking reckless penalties or just generally physically engaged with him, it means that guys like Bergeron, Pasternak, and other players can get open. The closest thing I could think to what you would compare him to is what we call, like in like a video game or an RPG or something, an aggro. This is somebody who naturally draws all of the attention to them and creates a lot of attraction because of the aggressive style that they play, as well as their own individual damage threat. Marchand has those same traits where he can actually deal out a ton of pain by scoring beautiful goals, setting up his teammates, and generally being an offensive headache in and around the net, but he's also very good at allowing his teammates to sort of fade into the background and step up when it's time. I truly think, for me, Marchand might be one of the most complete attackers in the league because of the style that he plays. While he does have some, you know, notable blemishes in the way that he occasionally hits people, I think overall I like his game. I think that he's a very smart player. He knows where he needs to be to get to those really good goal-scoring opportunities. And he has both the physical tools and the skill sets to capitalize on both. It may be a long time before we ever see somebody play quite his style of game again, but... For the most part, it's been a pleasure to watch him when he's not playing teams that I like or he's not, you know, getting ejected for really bad hits. On a related Bruins note, this next player is actually an active Winnipeg Jet, and that is Blake Wheeler. Wheeler has definitely become a different kind of player over the past several seasons. I think age kind of caught up to him very quickly after he turned around 30 or 31. 
over the past several seasons, he's definitely lost a step, and I feel like, offensively speaking, he's not as prolific as he used to be. In some ways, he's almost more like a third defenseman on the ice now. His defensive reads have certainly improved, and he seems to be very capable of shutting down opponents by just locking up possession of the puck. Back in Wheeler's prime, though, he was one of the most terrifying wingers in the league. I think what made him particularly special was that he had this first-step acceleration that surprised a lot of people. For one thing, Blake is just a naturally big player. I think his build is like a leaner Ovechkin, and that can be a very physically imposing presence when you're a defender who's a little bit shorter or smaller, and you have to try to figure out how to contain Wheeler without actually taking a penalty. Trying to defend his ability to cut inside very quickly and get that initial first burst acceleration as he sort of barrels down on the net is almost impossible. When Wheeler was at his best, he could basically do this on a dime and go from 0 to 60 in almost no time flat. He was one of the most dangerous offensive wingers, and he actually had a very well-rounded physical tool set, plus a nice skill set that allowed him to get a really hard shot off. He could one-time it, he could wrist it, he could basically do just about anything he wanted to, including saucing his teammates near the far side like he used to do with Line 8. Though Blake's stardom has probably faded over the past couple of seasons because, again, he is starting to age out and slow down, I feel like we were very blessed to watch him, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017. We saw some of his best prime years, but unfortunately, I think a lot of people overlooked just how good he was and maybe didn't appreciate what we had in him until it was a little bit gone. As far as natural choices for a captaincy are concerned, I feel like Wheeler was always one of the more normal picks. Certainly, he's a guy who seems to be a very understated leader in terms of what he says in the media, but I'm sure behind closed doors and on the ice, he's always been very assertive. Though Blake isn't the prolific offensive force he used to be, I still very much appreciate what he gave this franchise and what he did for this team. It'll be difficult to find somebody who can do what he did for this team and do it consistently. When Wheeler was at his best, he really was one of the most dominating offensive forces in the league. The closest player I've seen to anyone who could emulate him is maybe like Alex Tuck, and even then Tuck is not quite the same guy. Blake was a little bit of a, uh, a unicorn in some ways as a power forward, with legitimately excellent play driving skills, a really nasty shot, and just a really diverse tool set that allowed him to break down just about anyone in the league. When he retires, it will be a sad day because I wish he was just a few years younger and we got his prime now when we have such a really good young core. Unfortunately, time continues to wait for no player. Up next, we'll take a look at the world of football and maybe talk about some of the emerging young goal-scoring talents that have yet to hit maybe a pro debut, or if they have, they're still in the young stages of their career. Before we get to that, though, I thought you should hear a little bit more about breaking down your daily walls. What walls am I talking about? Well, they're the kind that go up when you wake up every morning and you don't really know how exactly to get your day started. Maybe you feel groggy like me and you're trying to shake it off and you think, maybe a cup of coffee or an energy drink will do. Sometimes you need a little bit more of a kick to get your rear in gear. And that's why the fine folks at Built have come up with their brand new product, Built Go. Built Go is the perfect way to start your day and comes in convenient one and a half ounce packages that you can slip in just about anything, whether it's your golf bag, your briefcase, your school backpack, or wherever you need that extra kick of energy to get you going. It's also the perfect pre-workout gel fortified with all the the good stuff your body needs, including collagen protein, beta alanine, B3, honey, a little bit of caffeine, B6, and B12. You'll have the pick-me-up you need and the energy to keep going all day, every day, without any of the normal five-hour energy crash. You can try Bilko in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Getting started with Bilko is super easy. Just visit Bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, don't forget, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go! Welcome back to the Locked Out Winnipeg Jets podcast. On this episode, we have covered a number of different things, including some of the new NHL Jets news and some of 
the top goal scorers in the NHL. Now we're going to take a bit of a shift and look at some of the top goal scorers in world football. These players are on the younger side and for whatever reason they have some unique traits that maybe make them a particularly special young talent. As a Dortmund fan, I am going to be a little bit biased and say that this episode is just going to be two Dortmund players in particular who I think you want to circle the names on. One of them you have definitely heard of before, but the other you might not know about yet. The well-known quantity is Englishman Jaden Sancho, and of course Sancho is pretty much one of the most hyped, talked about young players in the world. What makes Jaden particularly special is that he has a unique style to the way that he plays that I don't really see in too many players of his caliber and his style of uh, position. He's a very tricky wing that I think actually can play just about anywhere as a forward or even potentially as like a central attacking midfielder. His one-on-one dribbling, ability to shift laterally at almost any angle, and exceptional ball control makes him one of the most dangerous attackers in, in situations against defenders that you'll find in just about any sport. He has deception, quick changes of direction, unbelievable footwork, and that allows him to get into spaces and positions that make him one of the most dangerous offensive threats around. When he shoots, he's not really going for strength and power. Usually what he often looks for is like a really accurate shot to a place where the goalkeeper just can't reach it. He loves going for low corners and utilizing crossbody shots that goalkeepers just don't really have much of a chance on. His finishes are always about the runs that he makes prior to shooting and his own positioning when he's at the edge of the box or inside the box. Some people might say, well, you know, Dortmund certainly has a lot of offensive weapons and maybe that's why he scored so many last season, but I tend to think it's actually because Sancho is just that good. He creates so much of his own space, he finds his teammates for perfect tap-ins, and he doesn't really seem to hesitate when it comes to shooting himself. He wasn't always a shooter. Uh, first couple of seasons, he didn't really take his own shots, and he tended to be a little bit hesitant when it came to finishing. As he's grown more confident in his own abilities and, you know, improved his own shooting technique, I think it's made him a really versatile, very dangerous threat that you really could use just about anywhere, even as a potentially like a center forward or a second striker if things got really desperate. Letting him play out from the wing where he's best, though, that's his natural positioning, and I think it makes the most sense. Dortmund's lesser-known goal-scoring talent is one who is continuing to rise the ranks in their youth system, and that is Yusufa Mukoko, who is likely to make his debut this coming November. Mukoko has been on an absolute inhuman tear. I mean, he's had 141 goals or so in around 88 games, which is absolutely insane. And what's amazing about doing this at the youth level is that he is just about to turn 16, and he has done this consistently at every league up until like U18 or U19. He's frequently playing against players who are older than him, and he's essentially just dominating them. You know, scoring a hat trick a game for him really isn't that uncommon. I mean, he seriously just did it like last week for, I think, three consecutive games. When you watch Mukoko, he's kind of interesting because he does play like a primarily center forward role, and yet... He has this approach where I feel like you could deploy him just about anywhere as a forward. His locomotive aspects are very interesting. He's got a very choppy, powerful stride that allows him to quickly accelerate, but he can also stop very quickly and change his direction, which I think is very difficult for defenders to mark. He also seems to have a really supernatural sense of when to take the shot because he doesn't even have to be looking quite at goal. He just knows that if he strikes it at a certain angle as he's making a certain run, maybe parallel to the box or, you know, he's already gotten into those positions against the back of the defender that they can't mark, he's going to pot anyways. He's not really a poacher because he is a smaller guy who isn't somebody that I think really jumps for the ball or, or goes for those really physical battles. I think he's more of like a uh, like a super strong, super skilled, super versatile fox in the box is probably the best way I could describe him. He often looks like a really powerful winger but converted to a center forward and his goal scoring instincts are just absolutely next level. This kid just does not miss and I feel like he at the pro level is going to be an unholy nightmare for defenders to try and contain. We'll see him 
soon enough because he will be making probably his pro debut sometime next month. He finally qualifies for the age limit on November 20th, and I can assure you that world football will not be the same once he starts playing. With that, though, we are going to wrap up our goal-scoring review for today. Before you log off for today, be sure to check out all of our affiliate NHL shows as well as our Locked On National show that allows you to check out the latest news from around the league, hosted by the wonderful Sarah Avampato. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Jets go!